All right, all right. Welcome to the Strong Side Podcast. My name is Mitchell Black, and I'm your host. And today we are sitting down with the mean and lean Desta Long. Now, Desta is our club manager over at our Johns Creek location. We have a fantastic conversation planned uh, for you. We're going to be talking about the backstory of fitness and wellness, how she got to where she is today, her plans for Johns Creek in the future. And it's a really great conversation. Before we get rock and rolling, I do want to remind you that it would be amazing if you could go give us a five-star review and if you could subscribe to this channel. If there's any content that you like, we want to hear about it. Screenshot it, post it on Instagram, tag us, tell us what we got going on. But without further ado, what is going on, Miss Desta Long? Hey, so excited to be here. You sound fired up. I am. What's today? Today's Wednesday? Yes. Yeah? How was all day? Uh, all day all that's day. right. How was the biking and barbells this morning? It was great. I have not done it yet. Uh, I may do it this afternoon, but so far it seems it is fantastic. Now in today's workout, it's got a piece of DT in it. And I know you like barbells a lot. Yes. Are you a big DT fan? I am. I've done it a few times. I've only done it once, like actual prescribed weight. Uh, and yeah, it was gnarly. <laughs> Gnarly. And that's what our members are going to hit at the end of the month. So we kind of like get some training in for yeah. it right now. And I think mixing the bike with the barbell is uh, it's a good time. That's one way to describe it. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah. So I've known you a couple months. It's been really cool yeah. and uh, getting involved in strong side and all that. And uh, I think we met like what, November? Yes. And it's April now. So like five months. Wow. That seems like two weeks. I know. But you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. So you've been coaching. How, how often do you coach here? Like how many? It's a lot. Uh, yeah, I'm here. I feel like especially now most days, four or five days at least yeah. every week. And we're open six days. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And you uh, you coach a lot in the mornings, a little bit in the afternoons. I mean, you're here like all the time, probably probably coaching like 25 a week or something. Yes, like that. I think it's about 20 to 25 a week. That's cool. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. Yeah. And uh so what's, uh, what's been the, the coolest thing that you've been able to see over here at Johns Creek, like meeting all of our members and getting involved with everything? The coolest thing. Um, gosh, there, there's honestly really a lot. Like the members are really fantastic. It's such a good group of people and community over here. Uh, and just, I think seeing people, um, I know, especially over at Johns Creek, been through a lot of change really since the yeah. last few months. But I feel like people are really just, um, I get it changes hard, but really open to it and excited and coming in here, excited to see like the different workouts and just lots of stuff going on. It's fun. That's cool. Now you're the club manager over here at Johns Creek yeah. and you got a lot going on. You have your running clinic going on at the end of the month. You're yep. doing like a social thing that you're doing. You have all these cool workouts, yep. uh, you uh, just revamped most of the club. You brought us the question of the day. I mean, all kinds of fun yeah. stuff. Where do you see where you want to get Johns Creek to? Like, it seems like you're really focused on community. And yes, I definitely want to get um, just, just more events, right? So whether it's clinics, social events, outings, um, just really get the community just involved, grow the community. I want to really grow the gym. Um, we already have a great group of members here as it is now. And I just really want to, you know, everybody like invite your friends and family, right? Like we have people that come in here like all day, every day, like invite your friends, invite your family. Um, we just, just build the family that it is. Yeah. It is a really special group of people. I mean, each gym, like every time 
it's interesting because sometimes I'll hit like three gyms in a day. I call it doing like a gym tour and they're all, they're all very similar, you know, same workout, yeah. same design, same coaching experience and stuff, but they're not identical. Right. And they're not identical in how a coach might execute a class. Mm-hmm. It might be generally the same. Like nobody's going to be doing power cleans on deadlift day. Like it's, you know, it's right. the same workouts or whatever, but the coach brings their own personality. Yeah. The communities are always, you know, they're similar, but they're different. And it's, it's like, they're like-minded and they're, I want to get fit, but they're different in their community. And there's some, uh, there's some, there's some hooting and hollerers over here. It's it's, honestly, I have never had so much fun coaching until I've been here. It it really, it's so much fun. Um, and even the, the class, the, the different parts of the day are different in and of themselves. Right. Um, mornings just kind of a different vibe than the afternoon. They're all great. They're just kind of different. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun, and they really love my music. <laughs> the, what kind of music do you play? Uh, so um, I've been known to play a lot of 80s and 90s. No. Yes. I'd say more 80s <laughs> than Okay, 90s. more, okay, more 80s. Um, I'll, I do know there's a big group that loves their, like, loves their rock here, so I'll, I'll put that on for them as well. But if it was strictly up to me, it's, <laughs> it's like 80s all day. Man, all right. You that's definitely cool. know when I'm coaching. <laughs> when you say the difference between AM and PM, I, I've noticed it my whole career, no matter where I've been. Yes. At, what is your stereotypical first class of the day? What's that? What's that mentality? For, for me, or that I see them the, walking in. That you see, like I usually, it's that type A. It's yeah. the I'm in, I'm out. I'm oh yeah. Boom. Don't tell me a freaking joke. <laughs> yes. Like, let's go. Exactly. Oh yeah. Even um. I've even told that I, that they don't even want like to walk in with like the music too loud. Right. Cause I mean, it is, it's early. It's Oh, dark hundred. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're definitely like getting, get it done. I mean, you have to be, if you're working out at five thirty, five forty five in the morning, I mean, that takes a special kind of person. Yeah. yeah. So, and then I noticed that usually by like, like I'm a big dad joke teller <laughs> and, uh, and usually about like nine or 10 AM they'll let me, they'll let me throw in a joke. Right. It's a little bit more cash. Yeah. I feel like that's once you get to like 8 AM here, that's where then it's, um, kind of loosens up a little bit. I think it's pretty funny. And you, you always have the same type of people in each class. Yeah. Like you have the, the what say that one more time. Oh, I was yeah. Listening. yeah. It's a good group, but yeah, dude, I love the people over here. I mean, I love the people everywhere, but each, like I said, they're all similar, but they're all different yeah. and uh, it's pretty cool. So what, um, what's, how long have you been coaching? I have been, I've been coaching in various formats for going on five years now. How long with the CrossFit functional fitness type thing? Uh, not quite two years. Um, it's the same because okay. I got my L1 actually, that's actually about to expire. I got that four years ago in 2018, but I didn't start coaching with it until, tw- yeah, so 20, we're going on about two years, 2020. You just let it sit there for two years? You didn't do anything with it? I, I just, there was, I had other stuff going on in life. Yeah. So I just, what like I wanted to, but it just, um, and not to mention, and then, um, Actually, not even tw- maybe later twenty twenty because then the whole uh, little thing called COVID. Happened. Oh yeah, that little oh, thing. Oh yeah, that that whole thing. So then gotcha. that happened. So um, yeah, so I just I ended up having it for a couple of years before I really actually used it. And you also have a certification to the National Academy of Sports and Medicine, right? I do. Yeah, I got that. Uh, I got that 
two years ago this coming November. It's like a year and a half ago. I got that. I got, I got that. Um, I have both of those. I got the, I got CrossFit level two and NASM and the corrective exercise specialist through mm-hmm. NASM. What do you, what was a big, so, all right. So for anybody listening, CrossFit is all the level one is all about their methodology and their energy systems and how they use things, you know, love it or hate it, but that's what it's all about. And yeah. then NASM is basically the exact opposite. It was made by three physical therapists that are all about muscle structure and muscle balance. And yes, you know, I'm interested to hear your takeaway on it. I think the the CrossFit is extremely valuable because it brings you in and it teaches you in a small group setting for two days, yep. which nobody does. Correct. And that's real life information. Mm-hmm. And then NASM is great and you'll learn how to stabilize the muscles, progress muscles where they're at. Exactly. But you probably won't have a client forever because you're just taking them through, you know, one stand on one leg and do some exactly. bicep Exactly. Yeah. What's your what were some things you learned or perspective you got from those two type of certifications? I I liked them both cuz like you said CrossFit was more um kind of like like the why the the movements a little bit kind of spotting flaws, right? That kind of stuff. The NASM I feel like was more the um kind of the nitty-gritty behind it, right? Like what muscles are we working when we're doing this movement? How does that work? How does one affect the other? When you see imbalances, all that kind of stuff, it was m- obviously much more detail, right? Yeah. Um, it, and it was a lot harder than I expected. The NASM. Oh, NASM. I mean, yeah. Yeah. No, it was fantastic, but it yeah, it was it was a lot of good information. I describe it as CrossFit being what you want and NASM being what you need, in the analogy of if you went to the doctor. So I think you go to the CrossFit cert. It's really what you need to train people. Correct. Meaning problem, solution, problem, solution. It's like you go to the doctor. I have the flu. Take this medication. Take that. Do this. Do this to fix that. Most time people don't know that. However, when I say NASM is what you need, it's that whole doctor's brain of understanding what's going on and why you may actually need that medication exactly now the problem is if you don't have both of them then it's like i'm smart but i don't know how to explain it and that's like a huge yeah. freaking gap because mm-hmm. then you just start talking and you're not making any sense yep yeah yeah absolutely so that's cool so you got into coaching you know like all this stuff like two years ago or whatever where um what got you into that because you did what before this i well i was a stay-at-home mom for I mean, my oldest is literally about to turn 18. So I was a stay-at-home mom for like 16, 17 years, 16 years. Um, before that, I uh, my degree's in social work. So mm. I always say like in like a century ago, <laughs> um, I was a social worker. Uh, so that's, I guess, what I did before this, stay-at-home mom and then social work. That's cool. And then what got into the point where you're like, you know what, I'm gonna do some fitness. I, I think just because I had already been, I walked into my first uh CrossFit gym. Which like, was where? Uh, no Excuses CrossFit. Oh, that was the first one? That was the first one. I love No Suwanee. Excuses. Yeah. Yes. Shout out to all our boys oh, over there. Oh, yeah. No, it was, that was fantastic. I was there for four years. Um, and I think I was still there when I went to go get my L1. Or it was right when I was leaving there. Um, and the only reason I left there, because I, I do have to give a huge shout out to them. They were fantastic. The only reason I left, I was, speaking of how far I drive, I was driving like 35 minutes to that gym. Because at the time, my youngest was an infant. And they were the only gym around at the time that even had childcare. Um, oh. So I was going there. Also, there just wasn't any 
gyms like that in general. Like they were far and few between. Cause we're they talk- were, they were, so your first coach was my first coach, yes. Chris Fisher. Oh yeah. And me Shout and Chris, Chris. Yeah, dude. Because yeah. you know, he's definitely listening to this podcast. Yeah, for sure. Oh, for sure. He's like, oh, Dust is on it. I got to listen. Me and him <laughs> were, uh, me and him used to work at Lifetime Fitness together, like back in the day, like 08, 09. Yeah. Um, and, uh, he taught me, I mean, that guy was a freaking magician. Yeah. Like yeah. So, and honestly, if, um, that he's probably a big part of why, um, cause yes, he was one of my main coaches at no excuses. Um, and I just, I, as soon as I pretty much walked in the door, fell in love with just functional fitness in general, fell in love with the barbell, fell in love with lifting weights. Um, and just what I learned from him and saw how he would lead a class, run a class, teach movements, break it down. Um, that really was a big part in me eventually, going from that social work, stay at home mom to like all into fitness. And then like, I really like doing this. Like, how can I like get into this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's cool, man. So yeah, you ain't got your one. And then you went from no excuses to where, cause you wound up going to coming strength and fitness. I did shout out to them. You've been yeah. to all the good gyms. I've been right. I've They're just, good. yeah. Um, I was actually at, it was called CrossFit ecstatic in between. Um, and owned by, uh, co-owned by Michael Jen- Jenkins, which I know you're not a big football person. Yeah. But I was going to say, isn't he the football player? He's a, yeah. He played for the Falcons. Yeah. I believe he, he caught was, uh, Matt pitcher. Ryan's. He was the pitcher. The pitcher. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Okay. I believe he caught, fun fact, I believe he caught Matt Ryan's first touchdown pass. Just oh, for any, for, okay. Anyways, you're like, that's what, <laughs> um, and, um, and Brian Johnson, who I think played for the Cardinals. Anyways, they co-own CrossFit ecstatic Jenkins. I knew from, he also was at no excuses. So he went from no excuses, opened the gym with Bryant over right and coming. So the reason I went there is because it was like two miles from my house. Got it. Yeah. So I was there for maybe a couple years, year and a half. Um, and then they unfortunately closed down because of COVID. And then made my way over to uh, Coming Strength and Fitness. Gotcha. You know those two. I don't. I don't know the middle one that you said, but yep. Coming Strength and Fitness. And I know Jill and all yeah, those guys. Yeah, shout out. And uh, and then No Excuses. Yeah. Who? I mean, dude. The reason that's named No Excuses, I'm sure you know. Absolutely. But I used to hang out with Kyle Maynard. Yes. He was, he was born with no arms and no legs. He's yep. hiked Mount Kilimanjaro. It's unreal. And, and that's like his whole thing. He was on Oprah. He's got a book out called No Excuses. Yes. Like, oh, absolutely. I highly recommend if anybody. Like, but yeah, I don't give the Mitchell stamp of approval to anything. I really don't. I don't recommend people for jobs. I don't like, <laughs> like nothing. And, yeah. and like, unless you are amazing. Right. And those two gyms you just listed, I'm yeah. like, dang, dude, yeah. those are, those are legit. They're legit. Yeah. Yeah. They are definitely. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very proud to have been a part of, of all of those communities. It's just lots of experience, lots of stuff I learned. What was your first like epiphany? Like maybe it was with Chris or coming strength and fitness where you were just like, wow, honestly, my, it, it was really the first day walking into no excuses. I kid you oh. not. Cause I came from a cardio heavy marathon mentality. I've got to run myself into the ground in order to be fit. Right. And I'm thinking walk, And I knew I was walking in this gym, kind you know, kind of had looked up like a little bit what they were about. What do they do? Seeing like they've got like, you know, the workouts 12 minutes and I'm like, dude, I run for four hours, right? Like, how am I going to get any fitness in 12 minutes? And there, I forget what they called it. It was their, like when you walk their, I don't, not beginner assessment. No, they were the, they were the first gym. I remember this to do like levels, like level one, two, and three. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I forget what it was, but I just remember like your first time walking in 
and and it was um anyways it was some like that's what everybody did if they walked in it was this workout yeah i don't even remember exact i know it was like kettlebell i think it was air squats it was something and pull-ups it was a baseline it was a but not pull-ups okay not even that i mean it was and when i tell you i i I, that was my epiphany i mean i near in this i think it was literally a 10 minute workout and i'm like oh my gosh left there nearly dead (laughs) and i was like so i may have um slightly underestimated (laughs) right like yeah okay um yeah that that honestly that was my epiphany i was like oh my gosh i think i just worked harder in 10 minutes than i have running for four hours and that's a real thing i mean i know you know going back to the crossfit cert but what makes them so famous in the world of exercise is I don't know how many people know this, but like no certs have measurability to them. Like you just read a book, take a test. There's not, Mm -hmm. there's not a quantifiable way to actually measure if you're making somebody fitter. But that's one thing that CrossFit did that was like, Oh snap force times distance over time equals power. Exactly. And you take that 10 minutes, you quantify it with a watch, with a distance, with a load. And you just said, I I actually got more work done. Oh yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Like I, I really like, and I was not expecting that when I walked in and I'm telling you, I just, you want to talk about kind of the whole, like the drinking the Kool-Aid. I mean, I, it, it was almost instantaneous. And, and then as soon as that barbell was put in my hand, it, it was like, I had no idea that was in me. It's like the lights from, <laughs> from the heavens. Had opened. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. That's awesome. So you'd, you'd never lifted a barbell? Never before that. God bless Chris Fisher. And yeah, he's he's real. Somebody needs to send him this podcast. Uh, yeah, I, I got his number. I'll hit oh, him up. fantastic! Yeah, yeah, Chris. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah good um, times. So yeah, you, so your transformation Tuesday just came out. Yes, and, and I mean, yes, it was definitely different. But I was like, <laughs> holy quads! I mean, you. It's a picture of you. It looked like a, a human on like toothpicks, like just kind of skedaddling through. Then the next picture was this beast of like a barbell. Like what you ran, how many marathons? Oh my gosh. Um, so yeah. So fun fact that picture and that transformation Tuesday, the running picture was from that. I think it was my 12th marathon where I qualified for Boston, but that 12th marathon was that. And I also in between had also run like 15 half marathons and we're not counting even five and 10 Ks all within there. Um, and under probably a span of two years. So you ran, what was it, 12 or 14? How many? I think it was 12 marathons. It was 14 half marathons. All, in, so 26 races in 24 months. It, around there. It was a lot. And were you like on the cover I, of a Wheaties of a all, box? Or? <laughs> I'm kind of an all or nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I, again, when I, um, a friend had started me, I had started running just on the treadmill at home after the birth of my second child who is now going to be 15 this summer. Um, and she was like, well, if you're running at home, she's like, at least like go like sign up for a 5k, make it fun. And I signed, I'll never forget this. I signed up for my first 5k run to run it. And it was actually a trail race, a 5k. I, like, oh, I, that's I, terrible. Oh, it was terrible. I had no idea. Um, I came in first in my age group. Whoops. So, um, yeah, whoops. Um, so much. So, uh, literally, uh, my friend at the time was like, um, she's like, not to, discredit like I know but are you sure you ran the whole course <laughs> I was like that's awesome thanks I think okay yeah <laughs> yeah um and, and again just hooked from there and then okay cool let me try a 10k okay well you've done that we'll try a half marathon okay cool did that never thought I'd do a marathon but I'm like well I mean don't know until you try it 
Ran my first one, Twin Cities Marathon. Of course, I'm from Minnesota. You were um, still living up there at the time? No. Oh, okay. But I traveled back there. Got I it. just, yeah. And and again, I just um, finished with that one. Couldn't walk for at least four days after mm. my first marathon. Couldn't even get in and out of the car. Um, and yet, I even then was like, I've got to do that again. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird. It's so weird. Anybody who's ever done it, you think it's the stupidest thing in the yes. world. And then you cross the finish line. You're like, when's the next one? A hundred percent. And then they send you a freaking email. Hey, if you sign up now, you get 15% off. Oh, and, I, and I'm telling you, I was all about the bling, the medals. Yeah. Oh, sign me up. How did you, so forget the fact that that's just crazy. Yeah. Like logistically, you know, they don't, you don't, they don't put on races all year long. So where no, are you? No, I travel to races. Yeah. Where are you traveling to, to find a marathon in yeah. like January? Yeah. I went, like I traveled to like Outer Banks, um, this is a silly New question. Orleans. Where are, the, where are the Outer Banks? The Outer Banks. Uh, I didn't do good in school. Okay. Um, Where's that at? That's a fan. Isn't it like North? Carol, I don't know. You I went d- there. I don't know. I don't. I just know okay. it's the Outer Banks. Okay. <laughs> All right. Never mind. It was like the Outer Banks Marathon. Um, that's really bad. Oh my gosh. I know everyone listening right now is like, wow, that goes along with my. We can um, edit that out. Lack of technology. Yeah. Okay. It's fantastic. Um, South Korea. It's on the coast. Outer Banks. I don't know. Got um, it. Okay. Uh, yeah. Travel to. Gosh, I did. Um, if anyone ever heard of the. Now they have the Dopey Challenge. In I want to do that so bad. So I did the. They didn't have it then when I did it. It was the Goofy. So the full one day that or half one day full next day. Yeah. Um. I so I did that. Just traveled around like that. Went to Nashville. Huh. All different places. I guess if you look enough, you can find them. You know, every the, so often, mm-hmm. your body didn't like have a tank. I mean, I guess it did. I mean, what do you mean? Like so, just like to, just break down. Yeah, just every oh. that's like running a race. I mean, at oh, least yeah. once no. every three weeks. Oh, uh, th- that's in part why. I mean, I pretty much just ran myself to the point. I was um, my last few marathons. I was at the point of getting injections in my leg, IT band. Um, I had plantar fasciitis so bad. I almost needed surgery. Uh, oh yeah, it was absolutely. I just wasn't very good at listening to it. Got it. Um, what was the biggest breakdown that you got? I'll never forget. I was running, I think it, I think it was the Outer Banks Marathon. Uh, and I, at one point, I don't, I didn't fall, but like my, my leg, my IT band, it was hurting so bad, like my knee. And um, I don't, I had no business finishing that race. I mean, I did because I was stubborn. Um, but honestly thought I had really severely, like it, I knew after that race, like I really like, it, it was bad. I was so broken. And then did anything happen after that? You just signed up for the next one? No, I think I had, it was either one or two marathons I ended up running after that. But I mean, we're talking, again, like getting um, cortisone injections, right? Like just anything to just try to like keep me upright. And I really had no business doing that. So you ran like these 14 marathons or whatever. You qualify for Boston. What was your time to qualify for the Boston Marathon? 3.37. So that's ridiculous. Like... It, yeah. A professional male, um, like in an Ironman mm-hmm. does under just under three. Yeah. Like you get what I'm saying? Like right, that's, right, that's right. and that's somebody who like, this is what I get paid to right. do. That's, that's pretty Yeah, crazy. no, that was, I, um, had not had my third kid yet, but yeah, mom of two. And yeah, I did, um, three thirty seven. And then why couldn't you run Boston? You're just too trashed. Um, that I... When, um, 
Yes, I that that was my last marathon. Um, that was also the height, and I know we mentioned transformation Tuesday. That that was really the height also of my eating disorder. Um, I'm really lucky that I even got out of that marathon like fairly unscathed, I guess, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and then I believe it was the year. There was a year right in there that might have been the year Boston. It was like like it like I think even some people might have died like from it was so hot. Oh, that heat one. Yes, yeah. I think that was the year. So that was that and just other um, circumstances. So what we'll talk about the eating disorder thing in a second, but like what was your so like there's really good science showing that your body is not designed to run more than 20 miles because on average you burn 100 calories a mile mm -hmm. and then on average your body can store about 2000 calories. So in theory, if you run over 20 miles, you should be dead. Mm -hmm. So there is mm -hmm. uh during race nutrition that you need to take in. Yeah. What did you what did you do during all these races and pre and post and I so it's crazy pre um is <laughs> Pre my one of my go tos was actually pop tarts. <laughs> that sounds silly, but it works. It does, right? Um, that was kind of my pre. Um, I was one of those people. I really, for the most part, can't. I or I couldn't run with hardly anything in my stomach, so it just would be really sensitive. So during even would literally just be those like the gels or mm. the little like gummies. Like they have kind of. I mean. Not just like, I mean, I guess you can I don't do know. I know what you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, but you know, I don't even remember what they're called anymore, but just just that stuff really um, is really all I would take. Did you monitor it? Like, you know, like for me, when I'm when I'm training like for Ironman and stuff, I know what time I'm eating, how much I'm eating. Oh, or were you just absolutely like, absolutely not. Okay, got it. Nope, <laughs> I just, I was like, oh, cool. I feel like I might pass out. I should probably take something so I can keep going. Yeah. And then what about after a run? Or a workout? Like, are you eating anything or are you just... I would, um, again, it was not calculated at all. Um, and in fact, I'm almost embarrassed to admit it was probably like, cool, like I I was still in that like punishment re reward mentality, which is also mm -hmm. really bad. But so I'd be like, oh, I just ran, you know, 20 miles. I can reward myself with like McDonald's or, you know what I mean? It was not, um, 10 out of 10 would not recommend. Got it. <laughs> what uh. So, like, what was the eating disorder all about? Uh, that it, it, that started, I mean, I was, I think, 12, like, in sixth grade, um, mm. which we know kids can just be really cruel anyways. Um, so, that just, that started in middle school, uh, and it just took on a form of its own for literally, like, 20 years. Kind of, kind of, I mean, they're not, not, like, it would kind of ebb and flow, right? I'd have times where I'd be better and then other times I'd be really bad and it would kind of flare up again. So like what? Like somebody just, you know, like a boy doesn't like you or somebody calls you fat and you go to pop tart or what? Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what I, I did yeah, when I was a kid. Yeah. I mean, um, oh gosh, I, I think more kind of, I think stressors of life. Um, a lot of it for me was feeling there was so much out of control um, in my home situation, in my life, all of that. A lot of it was, it was, a very unhealthy way, but for me to feel like I was in control of something, whether that was how much I was eating at times, because I, I I struggled with anorexia and, um, and bulimia, uh, kind of both. So it, it was a way to control either how much I was eating or how much I wasn't. Like, at least I was in control of that. Huh. And this is at like 12? Oh, yeah. Got it. Mm -hmm. What's your relationship with food? You kind of mentioned like seeing your mom, like always diet and stuff like that. Yes. Or did you have so, that diet mentality? Um, 
I think so. Yeah. I, I grew up pretty much. I just always remember she was always on, and this was back in the day. So I remember going to like, it's probably the Y and she'd be doing like the aerobics classes and always getting like her food from like Nutrisystem, Weight Watchers. Gosh, I did Weight Watchers, the whole point system. Oh my gosh. Like you name it. Yeah. All of it. Right. She'd be doing the drinks, the bars, the, you know, um, she has just yo-yoed her whole life. So that's just all I knew was I just got this message of like, you know, bigger was bad, smaller is better, take up the least amount of space as possible, right? Um, yeah. Got it. And then when did it really, when did it really like affect you? You know, when you're like 17, 18, like what was like, you no, got big for I, a while, right? Yeah, I did. So I've, I've been all over the place. So in, I kind of was up and down in high school. Um, when I got to college, I think that was my freshman year is when I got to my heaviest and I'm five foot, nothing. Anybody who knows me, I'm like, my kids are taller than me. Um, I got up to 170 pounds from what, uh, at the time at my lowest, I think I was like just two years prior, I was barely over a hundred. Oh, mm -hmm. so two years, 70 pounds. Oh yeah. And that was all in college. Um, no, that was like junior year of high school. Um, I, uh, I was like at almost my lowest, like again, like barely over a hundred. And then like literally two years later. So then freshman year of college, I was up 170. What happened? I think I, I'm trying to remember. We're talking a long time ago. <laughs> um, I just, I, I don't know. I think, um, stress life. Um, I, I do remember, I think a big trigger for me at the time I was all set to go. I had my roommate set my best friend in high school. We were set to go to this one college, um, in St. Paul and, um, and I just, it just didn't feel right. And I backed out at the last minute. Um, and that was, that was just a big, you know, it was just a big deal at the time. Cause like literally I remember getting like my dorm room assignment and I was like, I can't do this. So I ended up going to community college my first year, just trying to figure things out. And just, I think feeling lost, it's just, it's a big transition. So, so that's like how you felt like you navigated it with food. A hundred percent. I, I comforted myself at that time. Definitely by food. It's a weird, I'm with you. It's a weird, vicious cycle. Cause yeah. I know for me, like I was the same way I was five, five and 200 when I was 13. And it was just like, Yes, the food is 100% causing my discomfort. Oh, yeah. But it's the only thing I want to do to satisfy all the emotions that exactly. I have. Exactly, exactly. So weird. Yeah, but, I know. Uh, so when did you, when did, when did you had enough? Um, I, I think, I mean, there was various times because I mean, it, it gets exhausting, right? The, the vicious cycle, hating myself. Um, it, it just got exhausting. Uh, I, and, and somehow I still had two pregnancies through that. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to remember. Um, it really, it was after it was, it was it right before, I think right before I had my third child who has just turned eight. Um, I just, um, I, that, that, I don't know. I, I guess I don't have a specific moment. I just knew, like I said, we're talking like 20 years in, not to mention, I had been told a couple of times, like, like you're, you're not going to be here in, in a year, two years at this rate, like something has to change. And, and, you know, you tell a mom that, especially when, 
now I have like three kids or new, you know what I mean? I'm like, I just, I like, I can't do this anymore. Who's telling you that? Um, I, a long time therapist I've had. Um, I've had my therapist for 11 years. Um, but also just like when you like go to the doctor, especially like your OBGYN and they're like that, you know, like you, you can't be doing this. And then you just decided you're like, I gotta do something. Yeah. I ended up, um, uh, I ended up in, well, the, back up a little bit before, um, I had my third child, but was in rehab, uh, like a year and a half before I had my third child. That's when it all, that was um, six months maybe after that last and final marathon where I qualified for Boston and it all just unraveled from there. Um, that's when my therapist told me, uh, if you keep going at this rate, you will not be here a year from now. Because of the calorie restriction? Because or? of that. And and I also, I had struggled with um, pain pill addiction for a long time from um, years of chronic pain. Got it. What yep. was your uh, pill of choice? Um, like hydrocodone, oxycodone. That was like the breakfast of champions for a long time. The breakfast oh, of champions. Oh my goodness! Yeah, it was it was pretty bad. Got yeah, it. yeah. So and and though and that just happened because I have a long history of chronic migraines. Um, so that that coupled with an eating disorder is really not a good combination. Um, Do you have a higher effect if you don't have food? Um, yeah, I mean, my tolerance though, like was so high that, you know, it, it's like anything like your, your body builds tolerance. So you have to keep taking more and more to get like the same effect. So, I mean, I, I, I feel like at times I'm like, I swear I probably had an iron stomach because yeah. it didn't seem to phase me from, uh, four, I raced motocross like my whole life growing up and from 14 to 18, I think it was, I had, uh, or 13 to 18, I had six reconstructive surgeries. And, uh, dude, I've had so much morphine. Oh yeah. Demerol. Like, uh, yes. Like yes, exactly. Just everything mm -hmm. you can think of. And I'll tell you right now, it is glorious. Oh <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. It is the yeah. best. And I can see how people like that's, it is no, it is no joke because just from having yep. it for, yeah, I had to have it because a bone was sticking out of my body. <laughs> yeah. But when you take yeah. it and, and you don't feel the bone, right. You don't feel the pain. No, either. exactly. Yeah. And again, it all kind of coincided with like, again, the whole reason to why either was, um, comforting myself with food or restricting food all goes to like, right. Like I'm, you're not really dealing with what the root causes, right. Mm. Whatever those emotions and all that other stuff is, it was just, the pills were just another way of like not wanting to feel that. Yeah, that's good. When did you get to like, when did you, when did you get to like the self-love club? Where you're like, I don't, I don't, I don't it, need this. So again, going back to that epiphany moment, it really, I, and that's why I'm such a huge believer in, um, functional fitness. And for me, and it did, I mean, I, I know CrossFit's kind of a, you know, whatever word now, but it, it really did back then. It, it was, it, that was still kind of at the hype of, um, or at the peak of CrossFit, so to speak, but just functional fitness in general, right. Um, lifting weights, strength training, um, that really was my epiphany, like truly starting that. Um, because I realized I, I quickly fell in love with lifting weights, but I also quickly realized I can't lift what I want to lift if I'm not eating. Mm. Like it all goes hand in hand, right? And if I like, it just, um, that was a big part of my recovery. When you, when you say fitness and you're like, 
you know, had a big part of it. How much would you attribute attribute that to? We talked earlier about the measurability of CrossFit mm-hmm. and it's using CrossFit or functional fitness or whatever, but there is a measuring tool to it. Like here's a barbell. Yeah. This is how much it weighs. Yep. Can you move it or not? Yep. Here's a rower. I need you to row this far in this amount of yep. time. Can you do it or not? Yep. And the big benefit to that is that you can win on it. And too many things in your life are subjective. Think about like you work really hard. You don't get the promotion. What do you do? You blame the boss. Correct. But is that the answer or is the answer that you were late 10 times? And, you know, I got a bad grade. I'm going to blame the teacher. I got mm-hmm. like whatever. You can start blaming stuff versus, okay, it was, it was 20 burpees mm-hmm. and you did 15. Yep. Or did you do 20? And then you do 20. What do you do? I won. Exactly. Like, how good does that feel when you can come in and measure your success yes. every day? Yes, I, um, that, that was a huge part of it. I, I mean, I, nearly all of it, to be honest, because it, it was still, like you said, it's something that ultimately I was in control of, right? How hard do I want to work at it? How much effort do I want to put in? What do I want to achieve? And then, but then being able to, like you said, measure and see those successes, you know, like I, I lifted 55 last week, but oh my gosh, I just lifted 60 or 65 this week, right? Like that, oh my gosh. Like that was, that really was um, just a big part of going into that positivity for me. Yeah. Yeah. How important do you think it is for people to have measurable things to achieve in the gym so they can feel constant success? Oh, 100%. 100%. Because I feel like, you know, if you're not, if you're not um, succeeding or able to see like where you started, where you, now where you're at, I mean, you know what I mean? That, that is, I feel like what ultimately, um, fuels people and encourages them, right? Like that's, of course you want that feeling of success. Yeah. And I like how you described it. Like, cause what you're really saying is you were so focused on your performance that you started taking care of your body. Yes. So you could perform better. Exactly. And it all went hand in hand. Cause the, the more I performed better, I realized that was because the more I was taking care of myself right? I wasn't punishing myself by either not eating or I, you know, not having to take these pills. You know what I'm saying? It just, it all kind of slowly went hand in hand. Not to mention I slowly, and again, it was not overnight. I mean, we're talking, I was four years at no excuses, um, where, you know, you kind of slowly, like, you're like, oh, you see a picture of yourself from last year. And you're like, oh my gosh, like, you know what I mean? So it wasn't anything specific. Like I'm going to like build my legs up. No, it was because I just, I, I just went full in on um, that atmosphere, functional fitness, the the work that we were doing, right? Um, so it, that was just kind of that natural, awesome byproduct of like, wow, like, cool. I can now see changes too. Yeah, I think that is a way better way to look at it than like, let's say calories. Because if you're like, well, I'm going to win the workout by burning a certain amount of calories, that's more like a check mark. Exactly. Like it's like it's like a byproduct of the thing, and you might have you might feel accomplished by doing it, but that that's different than like winning. Winning is yep. doing that's the it's the after photo. It's doing the thing exactly. They didn't it, do. Oh yeah, exactly. It's the after photo. It's like I said. It's um whether you've never done a box jump and now all of a sudden you can do a box jump. It's it's all of those wins, right? Um, that's what I love about it. Um, you'll, you'll never see me. So I don't ever worry. And, and I, it, it definitely has its time and place just for me. And because I know where I've been, um, for instance, like the only macro I even pay attention to is protein. I just mm. always make sure I get my protein, but you'll never see me work out with, um, 
like with a watch. Because just now again, that's that's just my personality because I can very quickly become too addicted to that and what the numbers are saying. And I know it's not about the numbers. Um, what do you? That's an interesting concept. Like, so I have an Apple Watch, and I only got it because what I would do. This is what was fascinating to me mm-hmm. is I got it because I would I would teach class and I would watch a class of let's say twenty people and let's say fifteen of them had an Apple Watch. Yep. And to your point earlier, let's just pretend the workout is twelve minutes. Yep. Right. Yep. Three, two, one, go. I would watch all the people without an Apple Watch go right to 100%. work. 100%. And the people with the Apple Watch would stop. They'd be like, oh, wait, I got to start my watch. Exactly. And in my head, what I'm thinking is, all right, we got 12 minutes to do the thing that actually gets you results. Yep. But you're you're lessening the work to make sure that you record data that you did not research to see if this is correct data exactly you were just given data yep and you decided you needed to follow it now maybe it's right maybe it's wrong right but that right. mental psyche yes i was like i need to buy a watch i need to understand what's going to, on to understand like what is exactly yeah because you stopped the thing yes. that gets you results and right no th- <laughs> to start the watch exactly and that and and again not that the data is necessarily right or wrong i do think it can have a tendency to be pretty inaccurate at times. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So when I when I see a lot of people um, kind of like, oh, like I didn't hit my numbers or I, I only burned um, this many calories or, and I'm just like, oh my gosh. Like, but how do you feel, right? Um, how did you feel during the workout? How did you feel after? You know, there's so many other ways than like, what did your watch tell you? Well, yeah, because my watch says I'm not fit. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I'm like, but look at all your other wins over, you know, like, oh my, your clothes are fitting better, right? You feel better. You're, you're stronger. You know what I mean? And yet somehow I, uh, and, and I myself was the same. I would get so caught up in like, yeah, but you know, it only, what, I, and I, even with running with the pacing, I could have like felt really good on a run, but my watch told me like at the time in my racing days, like my pace was not where I thought it should have been. Right. So, I, but yet I was totally just counting like, but I felt really good during that run. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, with you. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I am the most, I'm real techie. Like I love, you know me, we talk about technology all the time. <laughs> I love, I love the idea of the metaverse, like the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to training, I'm very primal. Yeah. And like, you know, I know all these people will go cycling and they have like all these power meters on their bike and yep. all this kind of stuff. And I'm just like, all the time that somebody spent researching a power meter, I could have just been working out. Yeah. Like it doesn't, now that to me, the value lives in what you do. Like I'm going to yep. do this interval for this. I'm not saying just go out, like run for a long time. I'm saying like, right. what was your running workout? What was your strategy? Rather than just recording it, how did you execute it is what matters to me. But there's yeah. a, the, one of the first books I ever read was uh, Lance Armstrong. It's not about the bike. Yeah. And you know, steroids, whatever, but it's, <laughs> it's I mean, everybody's doing it, but right. it's uh. It was a, um, and you know, side note to that, that's sad that we have to taint that, like his, his seven things, I know. And, but whatever, yeah. uh, <laughs> but it was all about his cancer journey and yeah. that's what the whole book's about. And it's about like, you just need to put in the work and it's not about the bike. It's not about how much your bike was. It's not about how much you, how many heart rate monitors you wear. Yep. It's about busting your butt every yep. single day. Cause like I said, steroids or not, if everybody's using steroids, yeah. Everybody's just training harder. Like speaking of the heart rate monitor, gosh, that brings me back to the days where I would, I would wear the, with the Garmin watch, the huge computer Garmin watch. Remember how big those used oh to be? Oh my gosh. And then with that monitor and speaking of, I could be 10 miles in 
like cruising and if all of a sudden I noticed like sometimes it would like stop working or it wouldn't be reading to or whatever it would be right I would I would stop my run just because it, like all of a sudden like it wasn't giving me back whatever data rather than just continuing the thing that gets that, you the result yeah exactly Yes. Yeah. They they used to look like uh, Zach Morris cell phones. Oh my gosh. They they were it was I can't believe I even wore that. It was awful. Yeah. I used to wear uh, polar heart rate monitors. I mean, I was the same way. Like yeah. I wear polar heart rate monitors. I'd put the gel on yes. so it like read my thing better. And then I would go get the data. Yep. And this is when I was like, Mitchell, you're an idiot. <laughs> I would go get the data and I would download it on the computer. And I would see all like my heart rate zones and I'm like, I'm yeah. just staring at this data. Right. And then I was like, I know I was just there. You were just doing I, it. I just, I know That's that this just happened. I mean. Yes. And I was like, I was like, I've been looking at this for an hour instead of like, you know, not working out. <laughs> <laughs> it, no, I know. I know. Exactly. It's a very, it's, I mean, you could talk about that a lot. I'm not saying it's the wrong way. The, the, tri the trick is like, you know, like Fitbit and all that kind of stuff. The trick is to motivate people to do it. So right. like if you wear a Fitbit to get your 10,000 steps, if you wear an Apple watch yep. to close your rings, oh my God, like do, we're six of them. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, no, exactly. It's just the, the elusive idea of what we said earlier. Like yes. you put it on and it's like, well, if I close my ring, right? maybe, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I know. I know. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. what's, what's your big focus like in training? Like when you use training for yourself, how do you leverage it now? Like you've gone through all these things. Mm -hmm. Do you, is it just part of you now? It really is. Um, for me, it, it's, I'm kind of more at the point, um, just cause, cause I've been through, like I've been through hip surgery, just, I have a really bad back, which a lot of it is genetic. Um, it's not, I've actually never injured myself ever doing lifting any weights. Um, it now I may have injured myself uh, by project lifting weights more cause I hadn't already listened to what my body was trying to tell me and I was pushing the limits. Um, that's how I may have injured myself, but not specifically. I've never gotten hurt, like doing any certain lift or anything like that. Um, so for me at this point, it's, it's really kind of, I want to do this like forever. Right. Mm. So I want to be 20 years from not 63. I still want to be lifting a barbell. Right. So for me, it's being more just smart about it. Um, and just maintaining that level. Now I still, I mean, who are we kidding? I still chase, right? Like the PRs, especially on the barbell, this and that it's far and few between now, as you know, when you kind of first start the, P the PRs are oh, flying yeah. everywhere. Right. I'm eight, eight, nine years into this. I mean, now, like, hey, I'm lucky if I see a PR. If I do, it's, you know, maybe a couple pounds, five pounds, right? They're not huge jumps. And I'm okay with that. I just want to be able to, to lift and to move well. I think that's a really healthy and good mindset to look at. I mean, you mentioned that, it's, so it's called a training age, but like, you know, it's kind of like running. Dude, you can not know anything about fitness and yeah. you can probably get a whole bunch of people to run a 10 minute mile. Right. But like you said, you've been doing this eight years. Right. That's a whole different conversation when somebody says they want to run a five minute mile. Correct. So you're not deadlifting 135 anymore. You're deadlifting 235. And you're like, why aren't I PRing as much? <laughs> because it's 235 pounds. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and even with that, like I said, some lifts, um, I'm just at the point that I realized like deadlifts being one, right? Um, that, you know, I, can I do it? Yes. But is it something that I should be doing? 
super, like, I just have to be very careful kind of what I do. Um, I really have no business trying to max out a deadlift. And again, I hate to say my age, I am 43, but at my age with how bad my back is, that's just where I just have to be much more, just more careful about it. Yeah. I mean, I get what you're saying, like my age and all that kind of stuff, but I think really where that shows up is what you're actually experiencing or what your motives might be in your life now. Yep. Like I see you all the time on Facebook and Instagram and it's like, you're in here working out. Yeah. There, you know, I think a lot of people, um, get caught up in the idea of doing more fitness for the sake of doing more fitness. Right. Like I'm not going to go out. I'm not going to do these things because I got to work out tomorrow or, you know, I'm going to work out twice just so I can work out twice. Like, yeah, I'm not saying you shouldn't do that, but if that's the, the only motive, what I mean about you is that like, I see you playing disc golf with your kids. I see you talking about how your kids had you carry something for a long time, mm -hmm. or you're just, Hey, I got this project. I'm going to go do, mm -hmm. I got to go move this, right? Like it's, it's the yeah. application. You talked about when to do this forever of yeah. having a body that allows you to go. I mean, yeah, my mom is 55, 56. And I'm sure my mom listens to this podcast. Love you. <laughs> but like, sometimes I think she thinks she's dead. Like, it's Aww. just, she's like, my life's over. I'm like, 50. I'm like, dude, the president's like 80. Right. Like, you get what I'm saying? Like you could, yeah. you could go do like everything in the world right now. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I, I think having a body where you can go use that body is important. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I, um, you know, and it's, it's not a secret. I mean, I'm a single mom. So just that alone, just the day to day. I mean, even just the other day, like here, I have two huge dogs at home carrying in a 60 pound bag of dog food. Right. Um, just you name it. It's anything like that. All the stuff around the house. Um, lots of daily functional fitness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What's, uh, so what's the biggest message or your goal or vision of, you know, training the general population? Like if you had to leave a message to, you know, we talked earlier about training the gym and yeah. it's like, I want to get strong side Johns Creek to this community and social events and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, as you talk about your whole story of what you've been through with mm -hmm. your life, not only have you seen a lot of change, but you've helped a lot of people through a lot of other change. Yeah. What's some advice you can give somebody? Cause you know, dozens of people are going to listen to this podcast. What's some advice that you could generally give? I, you know, my biggest thing for me, which was another like big epiphany, um, you gotta love it right? It, it can't, if it, it can't be a chore, right? Like I hear a lot of people that, you know, where it's, if you're in that mindset of like, I've got to, um, like, oh, I've got to, like, I've got to go work out or, you know, I, and it, and, and it may not, it, it could be different for, for everybody. Right. But whatever it is, like, you gotta love it. Like I genuinely, like, I just, I love coming in here and working out right? Like I love moving. I love moving the barbell. I, you know, it's now a salt bike. Some of that might be a love hate relationship, <laughs> but, but do you know what I mean? But it generally, I, I just like, um, I love how it makes me feel. I love it. It's a constant challenge. You've never mastered anything. I, I've learned that. I mean, like I said, I'm almost a decade in and I still, I mean, it, you don't want to see my snatch <laughs> like that. Do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's, it's so that, um, so I think that's the biggest thing I just find, um, whatever that may be for that person. But I think like if, if you don't love it and you feel like it's a chore or, um, that in the whole mindset, and I, and I'm really big about this cause I lived in this for years, for decades of that reward punishment. Well, I got to get into the gym cause I'm going out this weekend oh, and yeah. I got to earn, can we stop? 
right? Like I, again, I'm only speaking that because I, I trust me, I lived it. I did that for years. The reward punishment. Oh, well, I either, I didn't make it in the gym. I can't go, I can't eat this or, or well now I can eat this because like, oh my gosh, that that's a miserable way to live. Yeah. That sounds freaking terrible. Yeah. 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 So I think it's just, it's finding what do you love um, that allows you to move and move well and be fit and, and really just, and, and be fit like for life. Right. Like the, like you've talked about, there's, there's no quick fixes, like it, nothing. If you do something that happens and you make it results in, you know, two, three, four weeks, 30 days, whatever that may be, that's great. But what's sustainable, right? What allows you to live your life? Like you said, to go out and play disc golf with your kids or to go here or to go, you know, go on a, go on a hike with, you know what I'm saying? Just daily life. No, that's it. It is like, it should be, I agree with you, man. The gym should be just like part of you. It's a thing that you do every day. It should not be stressful. It should mm -hmm. not be, I know you hear me say this all the time, but we're not in the get fit quick game. Exactly. We're in the get fit for sure. 100%. My, my, my worst client is the well, I'm going on a cruise in 30 days. Correct. This is not the gym for you. No. I'm going to tell you right yeah. now. Like it's no, exactly. Not because I don't want you here. I'm just letting you know that it, we're looking for like long term. I want to lift my grandkids. Exactly. Oh, and I'm getting very close to that. Yeah. I mean, that's like my, <laughs> I mean, you know I mean? That's exactly it though. I want to be healthy and active and still be able to get on the floor and play with the grandkids. Yeah. Right. And pick them up and, and do all the things. Isn't that weird about like a burpee? Like burpees are so hard, but what are they really? They're really just get down on the ground and stand back up. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I mean, that to me, that's like the, mo the epic, most functional fitness. Yes. You want me to get down on the ground and then stand up? Yep. Yeah. I want and, you to do it like 12 times. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and that kind of goes along with the whole, it, like, it doesn't have to be fancy. I think sometimes I, myself included, have been guilty of trying to overcomplicate things and, and like, we, we got to do all the things and it doesn't have to be complicated right? To yeah. achieve the result. What, uh, going back to the CrossFit cert, my favorite piece about the nutrition, eat meat and vegetables, nuts and seeds, some fruit, little starch, no sugar. Yeah. Boom. One more time. Let's rewind that everybody. <laughs> exactly. Eat, uh, oh crap. I messed it up. What is it? <laughs> eat meats and vegetables, nuts, nuts and, and seeds, seeds, some fruit, little starch, or no, no sugar. sugar. Yeah. And it's just, oh man, just eat yeah. some eggs and less Skittles. Right. <laughs> stretch a little bit. Correct. Learn and play new sports often. Yeah. Like have variety. Yeah. Go enjoy it. Absolutely. And you'll just look good naked. Exactly. That's, that's all you got to do. Exactly. Yeah. No, 100%. I agree. I'm with you, man. So, hey, thanks for coming on. You got an amazing story. I'm really happy with everything you're doing at Johns Creek. You are such a good leader and uh, it's been great. So let's thanks. just keep rising the tides. Awesome. Definitely. Boom. High five.